Are you a creative in the upstate looking for a place to create? The Gym Complex, located at 880 South Pleasantburg Drive, Suite 2G, Greenville, South Carolina, can handle your creative needs from podcasting, photography, videography, recording studio, and engineering. Schedule your consultation today at www.thegymcomplex.com. Yo, Masculine Man Truth, back in the building for another episode of the Stand On It Podcast. This is the last episode of Season 2 of the Stand On It Podcast, but we're going out with a bang and we're going to have some fun. So, let's get right into it. First, I want to send a big shout out to all the graduates. Let's give a round to the graduates. Next, I want to give a shout out to all the parents, anybody who had a hand in seeing the graduates through today's special day where they walked down their stage. Let's get them a round of applause. And I want to give a round of applause to the people who are supporting the graduates of like Grades that really aren't celebrated Like I remember grades that were celebrated Like 8th grade as you're going to high school You might go to your kindergarten graduation And then of course your high school graduation But I've been seeing all kind of grades celebrated And you know I seen one of my homegirls put some shit the other day Like uh, I'm not going to no second grade graduation The fuck? So I had to hit her and let her know like shit the way kids is down faced with shit in school these days, celebrate every year if you want to that they complete. Like, you know what I'm saying? So round of applause to anybody who completed their next grade. Hell, just anybody who completed the school year, period, no matter the grade. Cool. But like I said, we're going out of this thing with a bang. Um... So some of the things that we, we've been doing lately uh, over the past couple of weeks, and I've been kind of enjoying this, we'll just throw random scenarios out at each other and say, hey, what do you think about this? So I'm going to give you two scenarios that came up in discussion. When you hit an episode, think of how you would conduct yourself in the scenario, and if you want to follow up with me later, shoot me some feedback, hey, we can get into it. But So would you rather be born with a disability or would you rather – Get the disability later in life Would you rather be born with a disability Or would you rather get the disability Later in life So initially During the conversation I said I would rather be born with it So I would not have to Know what it feels like Not to have it um, And I gave the example of myself And the injury I sustained 
uh, losing the uh, use of both of my hands, how that just showed me, like, man, like, you know, I took it for granted, but when you lose it, it's like, it's a whole adjustment. But if I never knew what it was like to have them and I was never able, able to depend on them, I think I would have been a little bit different on, you know, how I looked at it. Um, but as the conversation uh, proceeded, uh, the individuals I was having a conversation with, a great point was brought up, which was, hey, what is the disability? Because there are different levels of the disability. Say, for instance, if you got you lose a toe, you know, that's nothing that's really going to set you all the way back. Let's say you lose a toe later in life. Comparing that to you being born without that same toe. But now let's say your vocal cords, you know, you lose those. So now you, you, you there's nonverbal communication. Like you lose your vocal cords and let's say you're an artist or you don't even have to be an artist. You just enjoy talking. So think of that. Like, so those are the things that we came up with and we, we landed on the finalization was that it would depend on the disability. Um, if it was a severe disability, yeah, I may not want to know what it was to not have it in the first place. But if it was a minor disability, I probably could deal with that if I got that later in life and lost functionality. So just a little interesting convo. The next one, let's say you walking downtown um, those of you in the Greenville area, you know, that's something that people do frequently. They'll go downtown walking. So let's say this fine day you walking downtown with a nice lady and somebody walks up and slaps the shit out of you. And after you're slapped, once you get your bearings, they kind of look at you and it's like, oh shit, I thought you was somebody else. And they realize they've slapped the wrong person and now they don't want no smoke. But you've been slapped, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Although accidentally, you still been slapped. How you coming? You know, uh, me, I said, listen, at this stage of my life, I'm, I'm trying to, like, analyze what has went on, like, with this slapping. You know, like, with this happening, is there, what's my course of action going to be if I respond? How I want to respond to feel good about them slapping me. Um, you got to look at who's around. Did anybody see them slap you? Because if they didn't, then they might just think you're attacking this person for no reason because they didn't see the slap. Um, is there potential for this to escalate further beyond just exchanging hands? Um, who's with me? Am I potentially putting somebody else in danger who's with me if I react in a certain way? And then some individuals was like, fuck that. You know, you slapped me, uh, even though it was accidental, I got to take it there. And I'm going to quote uh, my lady. This is what she said. Because the person said they were sorry. She said, don't be sorry, ho. Be careful. Yeah, so you got to be careful. But those are just some fun conversations we had just taking things through like, but they are applicable to real life situations. Just getting yourself prepared for any situation that could potentially happen. That way, when you're thinking about it already, or you've kind of talked through this process, if something like that goes down, 
whether it's directly related or a roundabout way, you're prepared. So that's uh, the scenarios as we're going out with a bang here this week. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this one was just damn near unbelievable. Um, but on this episode, I guess we'll call this uh segment here, this episode of Guns and Heat comes out of Florida, the state of Florida. This episode of Guns and Heat. Let me play this news clip for you because I'm still kind of in disbelief, but hey, here we go. Well, in Florida, uh, a family's demanding a child face consequences for shooting and killing a woman that her mother was arguing with. Now, the shooting unfolded Monday as families gathered to honor Memorial Day at an apartment complex. Police say a woman, a woman named Lucretia Isaac, began arguing with LaShawn Rogers before slapping her. That's when Isaac passed her purse to her 10-year-old daughter, who pulled a gun and fired several shots. Family and friends remember Rogers as a loving and giving woman. She kept you laughing. Her humor, oh my God, oh my God, her spirit was awesome. I'm getting chills just thinking about her. Like, it's just, the situation itself is not, it's not right. Now, the mother of the child faces several charges, including manslaughter, culpable negligence, and child neglect. Lawmakers in Orlando have created a program to address gun violence and mental health in response to that shooting. Man, listen here, man. It be times like this when you think that I might be close to hearing it all. And then something like this happens and you realize, like, hearing it all hasn't even reached its potential. So, just in case you missed what the video was entailing, let me just give you a brief rundown so this was in florida um and and if any of you are familiar you know how florida gets down but apparently uh this lady was outside grilling uh lashawn rogers it's memorial day now she was grilling late but hey that's her business she's at home it's 11 45 p.m at night lucretia walks up drunk and slaps her. Her and the lady start fighting. Lucretia has the gun in the bag and passes the bag to the 10 year old shooter who's her daughter, who comfortably goes in the bag, gets the gun out, fires multiple rounds. And takes the life of LaShawn Rogers, a 41-year-old who's grilling outside doing normal shit on Memorial Day. Now, this story has so many issues with it from all kind of directions. But as we continue to talk about gun violence, and I've talked about mental health, and I've talked about this, but I've talked about, too, when things happen, taking a level of accountability. There's no excuse for this. This is all on the shoulders of Lucretia Isaac. 
Lucretia, this is this is all on your shoulders that you would take and pass a gun off to a ten year old. And now the the people in uprage because they want the ten year old charged. But what do you do? This is taught behavior. This 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 child is ten. This is taught behavior. You know, and learned behavior because she's probably seen her mother as easily as she was out there fighting. She's probably seen her acting out previously. So it's learned and taught behavior. Using a gun, yeah, same thing. Learn and talk behavior. Who knows what the the ten year old child looks at on TV and what kind of video games they're playing? Who knows? But see, here's the other thing. Um, I say no. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't charge the child. Um, they're ten, but the mother absolutely. But I would make it to where. Uh, the child would never be able to purchase a firearm for the rest of their life. They could never be in possession of a firearm for the remainder of their life. Um, possession, purchase, they can't even be around a firearm for the rest of their life. So I would put those stipulations in place. But this is solely on the mother. You initiated a fight, and then you ended it by having your daughter take uh, someone's life. This is absolutely horrible. Absolutely. Lucretia, uh, Isaac, um, whatever you got coming to you, I hope this was just a lapse in judgment. But it, again, it's a, a horrible lapse in judgment that you're gonna have to pay for, and you're just gonna have to lay in that. So, man, all right, so moving right along from guns and summer heat, summer's getting out, so that brings an end to school. Um, but I don't know if it's just just me or I haven't been noticing or if you all have been noticing. There's been a lot of sexual contact between teachers and students or students and administrators, um, students and uh, I even seen some janitors involved with students. Like it seems like it's a whole bunch of that, you know, um, and. I could tell you when I was going through school, man, like, um, we didn't have any teachers who were really worth taking it there. Um, and the ones who were, I didn't see them like, you know what I'm saying? Trying to flirt with students or any of that. Now I'm not saying that this didn't happen. Like, you know, um, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm I'm just saying my experience, what I saw. But however, times have changed. There was a teacher in Oklahoma, a 28-year-old teacher. 28-year-old teacher in Oklahoma. She was helping out as well on the soccer field. Yes, yeah, she was helping out on the soccer field. Um and she sees she she sees one of the students athlete athletes they had developed kind of like a, a a rapport with each other. So this teacher and let me find her name because I like to get these people who be doing fuck shit that just dudes. Um, let's see, Ivy Renault, Ivy Renault, twenty eight year old teacher out of Oklahoma. 
So she reached out to the student and said, I heard you got a crush on me. She's 28. The student is 16. I heard you got a crush on me. The student says, yeah. She fires off new pictures to the student. Topless, sideways in the mirror, nude, and she's married. So, of course, this 16-year-old, he goes and he brags about it to his friends at school. One of the school administrators overhears the conversation, and he goes and reports it to the principal. Now, so looking at this, and I'm like, man, why is this happening? Like, what, like what is going on here? Is there any kind of explanation? Is anybody talking about this? Um, what's going on with students and teachers? Because, again, I'm telling you, my experience... No, there was no teacher in school I can remember. Now, my memory might not be the best back then, but I don't remember no teacher I ever had a crush on, just being for real, man. Like, now I had some good teachers, but I didn't have good-looking teachers. There was a difference. I had good teachers, but not good-looking teachers. So I I just didn't see that. I didn't hear nobody talking about that. So, if that's I don't I don't understand why this is happening. But again, another thing I think of too, back then most of my teachers was old. Like I didn't have I'm trying to think if I had any teachers in their twenties. I don't know. I mean, even in them early years, man, like you five, six years old, hell, everybody look old to you that ain't your age. So they could have been in their twenties and I'm just thinking they old as hell. So I don't know. But yeah, anyway, so I started looking into this and I came across this article that was published in the Atlanta Journal newspaper. And they talked about this from an incident that happened back in 2012. They said on a Friday morning in 2012, a couple of hours past midnight, a East Georgia mom heard a noise from her daughter's bedroom. Yeah. What she discovered in the 18-year-old's closet would disturb any parent. It was a naked man. But now, not only was it a naked man, this is what the woman yelled out. You're the coach! This is her daughter's high school basketball coach. In there laying no wood to her daughter. Now, people might say, well, she was 18. But again, this relationship had to have been fostered for her to just sneak him in. And... I'm not even going to take it there, but anyway, um, that's just ridiculous. So I started looking into this, and you'll be surprised at some of the things that the law says is allowed and is not allowed. But first of all, let me give you a breakdown. This is in the state of Georgia alone. The antidote is from one of about 200 state investigations that resulted in teachers losing teaching licenses from 2011 to 2016. The case file doesn't identify the students, but does contain enough details to conclude the bulk of them were in high school, 16 or older, which is the age of sent in Georgia. However, what they did find out while all of them lost their jobs, none were prosecuted. Hmm. Why? Uh, there's a loophole in Georgia law that requires the perpetrator 
to have supervisory or disciplinary authority over the student for criminal prosecution. So the courts have maintained that every teacher in a school doesn't have authority over every student. However, a solicitor argued that students feel all adults in school have authority over them. So in Georgia, yeah, they lost their jobs, but they can just go get another job because they they can't be prosecuted because of the loophole in the law. You got to have authority over that person. So basically guardianship or you have to be a legal guardian or something like that, like an authority figure, like where they were working for you out of that. But it doesn't fall in there with students. So I always wondered about that. And that was interesting. Now, I don't know the laws. In other states, all the states, of course, but I'm going to research the one later on for South Carolina to see what it is in that. And that's that may be why you just hear about these people getting fired a lot of times, but you never hear about the sentencing because of the laws. But again, that's the agenda that we've been talking about before. The LGBTQIA+, that plus pedophilia. All this stuff is making it being normalized. So remember, you heard it here first. But man, um, yeah, if you if you listen to this, weigh in and let me know, like, what was your experience like coming up in school? Like, did you, did, were there teachers who were flirtatious and doing stuff like that? Because definitely I, I didn't, I didn't have that. And a lot of my, my homeboys and shit I talked to, same thing. That was not their experience. But when they talked about, as I went on in the article, um, to read about why they were attracted to kids, um, it used to be there was a high level of, uh, it, it wasn't even close. The majority of, of the relationships were men. And it were men with uh, female young students. And there was a correlation between middle-aged men. Let's say you got a teacher in his 50s and up, and he's having a potential midlife crisis. And they're saying he's attracted to younger women, but now he's taking that younger women and looking at these younger girls as younger women and not associating that they're still underage. But now the teacher, the women teachers have started to catch up, and what they found out, the reason why they're doing it is they have – uh become fun of when they're cheating is not for any kind of sexual gratification. Usually it's like emotional and they want to talk things through and they, they're looking for love and a relationship or something, but they could talk to these kids whose brains have not been completely, uh, matured without judgment. Now just think of how sick that sounds for somebody to have that reasoning. Well, I could talk to a child who, although they may be able to have sex, but I could talk to them because their brain isn't matured and they're not going to judge me and I might can manipulate them. Absolutely sickos. So parents, watch for signs uh, in school um, to make sure that uh, the relationship between your teacher, between your child and their teacher is what it should be. Now, Shout out to all the teachers who do an amazing job um, because a teacher having a great relationship with their student is of top-notch importance. They need to have that um, because if the student's in danger or something or if they feel like they don't have anyone to speak to, 
they'll confide in their teachers because they had that type of rapport. But that's a healthy and appropriate relationship. Um, the inappropriate, unhealthy relationships, uh, pay attention for signs of those. Um, when you're walking by your child, are they hurry up and trying to move the phone? Um, are they always talking about one particular teacher? Um, all kind of stuff. Do you see any kind of, uh, if you're picking them up from school, do you see them always interacting with one particular teacher? Are you finding any kind of notes, random phone numbers, anything like that? Pay attention to all these signs because as you see from the news, this is becoming more and more prevalent. All right, so um, as you've heard lately, there's been a lot of talk about rap lyrics. Rap lyrics. It came up in the YSL Rico case again. It had also came up in the NBA Youngboy case previously. Um, and Jay-Z and Meek Mill are even trying to start a petition, I think, where it could stop uh, those lyrics from getting out. Want to know my opinion? Don't care if you don't, I'm going to share it with you anyway because you're tuned in. Don't ban them. No, here's my thoughts on that. I would not ban them because if this is what you're saying, this is what you're standing on. You know, do you see J. Cole fighting any Rico cases where they're trying to use his lyrics against him? No, you don't. Do you see Kendrick fighting any kind of charges where they're trying to use lyrics against him? No, you don't. There are street niggas. That you don't see fighting cases and they using their rap lyrics against them. You know why? Because they know how to talk their street shit the right way. Like you can say this, this, and this, but they'll never have any understanding of what's going on. But niggas have gotten so blatant with that shit, man. They telling you what they did, when they did it, who they did it with. Uh, it, it's just crazy. But then you go and get us the story, but then you don't want. The lyrics to be used, I just never understood that. But hold on. I'm not leaving, leaving these rappers just out here to drive by themselves. You know who else need to be impacted? Hey, start finding these labels. When they go out and commit these crimes, find a label too. Yeah, make matter of fact, when the crime is committed, make the label pay the restitution, not the, not the, uh, the artist. You know why? Because the label is the one who marketed it. The label is the one who promoted it. So make them pay the restitution. Don't make the artists pay the restitution. See, y'all let these labels off the hook. And no, they don't want putting it to the masses. They hear this dang destruction and killing and they hear it all. But they still promote it. They put it out to the masses. And they just, once they've used the artists up, the artist is in jail or dead. They may make a post saying we are really sad to report that as a family, we've lost one of our own. Make it all sound good. Then you don't hear them about them no more. And they still making millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. So start taxing them. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't go for that. You know, because think about this. Let's say an NFL player <clears throat> was shooting the middle finger up or throwing gang signs up. And the NFL just let them do it. And they promoting it, showing it on their TV every week. No, the NFL ain't responsible for that. The NFL is responsible for that at this point if they keep showing it. But now if he do it and they find them like they do, 
Now that's the NFL saying we're not allowing it. We're not promoting it. But see, these record labels do the absolute opposite. They promote it. Then when it happens, they hands off. They're going to find the next victim. So, yes, don't ban the lyrics um, because I believe in, in, in artists who live by what they rap about. I love those type artists. Like, when there's no cap in your rap, I love it. Like, if you live in what you're saying, hey, man, then don't be asking for that to be turned over. When they want to hold you accountable for what came out your mouth. All right, so the next one here is listen, Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram is a conservative white woman that uh, is on the Laura Angle. On Fox News. She has a show called a Laura Angle on Fox News. Now, I'm not going to lie. Laura, Laura Ingram has said things that I, I somewhat agree with. I agree with some of the stuff that Laura Ingram says. But now, her conservative views, they catch a lot of slack, which a lot of conservative views catch slack. However, a lot of people are being conservative just because they don't want to stand on uh, truth. So they'll just play both sides. Um, now, those are some of the conservatives. But the conservatives who are like, I really don't care either way, but I'm going to voice my opinion. I respect those people. you know. But anyway, just paint a picture. Laura Ingram is a conservative. So Laura Ingram created a hot take for herself the other day by coming out and saying, see, Laura, she's so ahead of the game. She was at home thinking this here. Reported that he was a user. In fact, he got angry that his grandmother and his mother didn't want him to use marijuana. But again, we don't know more. It was just mysteriously taken out of an article in The New York Times. But why aren't people in general not talking more about the pot psychosis, violent behavior uh, connection? So Laura Ingram says that nobody is paying attention to the fact that since there has been a progression in the legalization of marijuana, that violence has increased and there's a marijuana psychosis going on that's up in the violence. Laura Ingram, I said before I played this that there are some things that you say that I agree with. Let's be clear here. This is not one of those things. Because it's just no factual data, Laura Ingram, that substantiates what you're saying. You're just tying the two together. You're just sitting at home and you're thinking about, well, hmm, what has happened here? What is it? You formed a hypothesis at home is what you formed and you're like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is a hot take. And you just, you didn't even think it all the way through. You just came through the, on the news and said it. And it's completely not substantiated. So now if you would have came out and said, hey, violence went up due to the pandemic, due to people being quarantined and there being an impact on mental health, I could have could have entertained that argument. But saying that people are being more violent because they're on marijuana. Like, come on, Laura. Like, seriously, like, 
If you are a fan of hip hop, which I'm sure you may not be, Laura Ingram, some of the most popular artists whose careers are formatted on their love of marijuana, do you realize they don't even have security at their shows? Now think about this. You have five to ten, fifteen, twenty thousand people high off marijuana in one area. You ain't heard about a mass shooting there. You ain't heard about the artists getting shot. You ain't heard about fights. None of this stuff has come on TV to where it's globalized like what we're seeing now. So what's the difference? Why wouldn't it have that same impact? And this has been happening before. These artists have been touring around thousands of people before any of this came up. Why didn't it happen before? Guns were still around. They were still getting high. Why didn't it happen then? Because your argument is completely ridiculous. That, oh, I'm high now. I need to go shoot me somebody. When people high, you know what people doing? I, I'm going to let you in on something, Laura Ingram. Um, Because you're completely confused. When people are high, they, they normally are doing two things. They plotting on some snacks or some pussy. They not plotting on going to take a life. When they're on marijuana smoke, now there are other drugs, yes, that can have them on something else, namely those that are legalized, pharmaceutical drugs. They're the ones that really mess with people's mind to have them doing out-of-their-mind things because there's a huge chemical imbalance. But for you to say that marijuana, Lord, I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm sorry. I'm not going for that because that is just ridiculous. It was a hot take um, that you thought you made. And you thought it was just going to fly over and people was going to be like, oh, yeah, she might have a point. No, you do not have a point. You don't. Now, again, I've given you a hot take. What you can do is this. And I thought about it from this angle. You can go back and report on it again and then talk about, well, you could say maybe you meant from an aspect of violence increased because people are being, as it was brought up, wanting to get the product. Now, if you want to come at it from that angle, we might have a conversation. Has violence increased as marijuana has become more popularized? That'll be a better topic, a better hot take, which will would require more thought, more in-depth conclusions, and more substantiated evidence versus, hey, you know what? Uh, this is what's going on with me. I just had a thought. And yes, this is the conclusion that I came to. This is why violence is going where it is. No, you got to do better than that, Lord. All right, so we're going to close out here today. This has been a great show. I've been um, thankful and grateful for y'all sitting here chilling with me as we get ready to, to wind this thing up. I want to talk about something, uh, love languages. Yes, love languages. I've been hearing people talking about this. I've been seeing people throw up stuff about it. I've been seeing people just love language, love language. So I'm like, man, let me go and look at this love language, see what these people talking about. I need to figure out what's going on. So I actually ended up taking a love language quiz, and I want y'all to go take the quiz. 
when you get some time. But I'm gonna give y'all the five different types of love languages. But first, what is love language? Um, now there are supposedly, again, like I said, five um, different types of love language. But it's about how you speak to people, really, and a lot of it doesn't have to be verbal. It's just how you speak to people to express your fondness, your love for them, what you feel for them in your heart, all of that good stuff. So there are five. One, physical touch. Yes, physical touch is a love language. Two, receiving gifts. Receiving gifts, another love language. Three, acts of service. Acts of service. Four, quality time. And then five is words of affirmation. So you got words of affirmation is the last one. So like I said, I went and took the quiz. Um, If y'all want to take it, uh, it's at five, the number five, lovelanguages.com. I'll also put it in the bio when I post this episode, fivelovelanguages.com. It's about a five-minute quiz. It asks you some questions, and then it gives you your quote-unquote love language. Mine, which I was shocked, um, mine was words of affirmation. So this is what it told me. It said, actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirits skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. Kind, encouraging, and positive words are truly life-giving. Now, I'll say a little truth in this, and I'm going to be transparent with you. I'll say a little truth in this, um, but I didn't expect this uh, because I generally really don't give a fuck what people are talking about, especially when it comes in relation to me. But apparently at some point I do, based on how I answered the questions, I like to hear that affirmation. And it's crazy. I can't relate to this because. Uh, one time my lady was talking about, I don't never know what to get you. I feel like you got everything. And it's like, you don't have to get me anything. Just show me some love. That's what I would tell her. Show me some love. You don't have to get me nothing. Same when people be like, hey, well, you need you need anything, bro? What you want for your birthday? This and that. Man, show me some love. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and however you feel like you want to show love, that's on you. But I don't. Need to say, yeah, go get me this, go get me that. Nah, just show me some love. Because if I feel love, but that goes back to my love language. That affirmation that I got love from my people, it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? That ties back in. And then the last one where it said, um, well, not the last one, but a part where it said insults can leave you shattered. I don't agree with that. Um, when I've been insulted by people or what they deemed as an insult, uh, it definitely didn't leave me shattered. Um, but I will agree with this part. It said, are not easily forgotten. That's something I have struggled with in my life. You know what I mean? Like, like somebody could have wronged me or said something to me 25 years ago. And up until a few years ago, I could never get over it. Like you, you cut off forever. It, it could have been something that happened. We in elementary school, niggas fuck you forever, you know? And you just can't live your life like that. Because if you do... You gonna block all kind of positive things coming your way, just because you still feeling some type of way about somebody who probably has zero thoughts about you. So, 
that's me being transparent with you all. Hopefully you can learn something um, from me. And then uh, it talks about being kind, encouraging, positive words, and they're truly life-giving. Yes, because I like to try and speak positivity into other people. And that's the kind of people I like to be around. I don't like being around people who will be all the time or we ain't going to be able to do this and this go go wrong and that. So, nah. And then another thing that the quiz helped me to see and researching it, it helped me to see potentially what other people's love languages are. That way I know how to interact with them as well. And when you're talking about a love language, don't think it just means intimately with your significant other. This is with... Anybody, your friends, your relatives, all of that. Their love language, you might have a relative who always comes up. You're like, damn, they always want a hug. Hey, it's touch. That might be their love language. You know what I'm saying? Then once you understand that, then you're not looking at it so in disgust. Like, damn, they always want. That's just how they made. That's their love language. So just a little something I, I thought would be cool to throw out there. But uh, again... Five, the number five love languages dot com. I'm going to share it in the bio when I post this episode. So that's going to wrap us up for this week. It's been a great season. I really enjoy um, this season with you all. I'm appreciative of all the feedback. I'm appreciative of the listens. I'm appreciative of the shares. Um, definitely uh, will continue to do my best to give great feedback, great content. This was the last episode of season two. I will be gone for three months as Real Fantasy will be rolling out and starting next week. So they'll be running through a 15 episode season and then I will come back on and pick back up for my season three. Um, but again, if you have any questions, comments, anything in the meantime, make sure you email standonitpod at gmail.com. That's standonitpod at gmail.com. Also, you got a two-season buffet now. You can go online while you're in between seasons. Just go online and catch up on all the old episodes so you'll be ready when we roll back out with season three. Uh, also, while you're on there catching up listening, make sure you subscribe, like, rate, and review. Subscribe, like, rate, and review. We would appreciate that. Um, so we're live here from the gym complex. It's Masculine Man Truth. I say podcast network. Keep in mind, energy is real, but people do not possess real energy at all times. So be careful about the people you put yourself around and let consume your energy. Until next time, be safe.